Hello, world singers. My name is Tyler. And my name is Brooke. And this is Cosmere Cosmere Conversations. We are back for a very special episode interrupting our Cosmere cage match, which I really hope that everybody is participating in round one and two. So yeah. far done. Sorry for the delay, but we are out of town this weekend. And so we have filmed this extra special mini episode for you. And the theme of the episode, the topic of the episode corresponds to exactly what we're doing because we are traveling right now. <laughs> we're out in the world, out and about in our own little universe. And guess what we are talking about? It is the traveler. Yeah, you guys may have seen this on the internet a few weeks ago. It is a extra special Cosmere Aware short story from the master Brandon Sanderson himself. This was at a con where Brandon was at April 22nd, uh, 2018 year of our Lord. We have (laughs) year of our Lord, Brandon Sanderson. (laughs) Exactly. The Cosmerian Lord. We have the opportunity there, you know, there's a bunch of questions at these different cons that are coming at Brandon Sanderson. And he felt that a fan's question was worthy of bringing out this draft that he said he wrote almost a decade ago that it had just been like passed from computer to computer called the traveler. And it is a piece that brings a lot of things that we have been introduced to in smaller uh, bits and little tidbits here and there throughout the Cosmere novels, but it's kind of a huge piece and it's got a lot going on for yeah, so I mean, few words. Definitely really interesting. It not, I mean, I, I agree with what he said at this con is that he was going to put it on his website, but eventually decided that it was just too spoilery at the time. It revealed too much. But now most of what's in it, we kind of already know. So there's not anything that's like super shocking, but I do think it's still really interesting. I want to get into this. Brooke, will you help me out? Of course. We are going to play some characters. We'll talk about those characters afterwards. But I think we should just open it up, take it away. Let's go. The Traveler by Brandon Sanderson. A focused southern breeze made the trees sound like they were chattering, tiny crisp leaves spreading the news of the Traveler's return. Pure white leaves clustered along branches like skeletal limbs. Even the bark clinging to the trees was white. In some lands, white meant purity. In others, it meant death. Here, it didn't mean a thing. It was simply normal. The traveler sat on the mossy white ground, back to the tree, legs crossed idly as he picked at a pomegranate, eating the seeds one by one, then spitting out the pits. They fell on the stark, moss-covered ground, leaving red juice like blood running across a sterile white floor. 
To say he wore rags would have been an insult to many a good wife who kept her washing rags in much better shape than the traveler's costume. Ragged, brown and black canvas, tattered cloak, and scruffy beard, rubbed dark with a black material that might have been soot. Or ash. The leaves suddenly fluttered excitedly behind him, and a strange puff of wind blew across the trunks. A moment later, a figure in simple gray robes walked into the clearing. Clean-shaven and silver-haired, he had the look of an aged scribe, not haughty, but tired. So, you're back, the elderly visitor said. Did I leave? I am the lingering odor you can never quite locate, my friend. Just when you think I've faded, you open your cupboard and find, in an overpowering reveal, that I've merely been... ripening. Hmm. That's a new look for you. The traveler looked down at his ragged clothing. I've been learning to blend in. Hard to do that in one of my normal costumes. I doubt you'll ever be able to type to blend in. You'd be surprised. Is that soot in your hair? Maybe. The elderly man sighed, walking across the short clearing and settling himself down on a large protruding tree root. You can't keep doing this. The traveler continued to eat his seeds, though he had started to chew them up rather than spitting out the pits. You will just make things worse. Ati and Laris are dead, the traveler said, picking a piece of a seed out from between his teeth. The elderly visitor said nothing, and the traveler eyed him, leaning in closely, studying the man's eyes. The pupils were rimmed with a silver far too metallic to be natural, at least for a human. You sly old lizard, the traveler said, pointing. You already knew! You were watching! And here you were chastising me. I did not interfere, the elderly man said. You meddle in things we promise to leave alone. Things that we- The traveler held up a finger, interrupting him. Then slowly he pointed at the older man. I made no promise. You made your choice. Why now seek for things you so eagerly denied? My friend, it's the dangerous desire, the lust for power best untouched, that created this situation in the first place. The traveler did not reply. The two sat for a time, listening to the winds through the garrulous trees. Did you... find what you were seeking? The elderly man asked. The traveler shrugged, picking out another seed and nibbling on it. You will not find a way to restore what you have lost, old friend. The aged man said softly. It is impossible. You don't know that. The old rules no longer hold. The traveler turned the pomegranate over in his fingers. Besides, I've heard of a place. It doesn't matter. I don't care. This isn't about the dead. Or, it's not just about the dead, at least. He dropped the fruit to the ground, wiping his fingers on his riding coat. So it's a simple vendetta, then, the aged man said, sighing. How many years have you lived, and you still can't learn the wisdom of just letting go? A simple vendetta? The traveler said. He rose, stalking up to the older man, holding out a finger and touching the man's chest. You saw what Ati nearly did. The traveler leaned down, face even with that of his older companion. I would not think it my vendetta that should worry you, old friend. And so that's it, The Traveler. Not a very long piece, obviously. I think it's one of those things that authors just kind of like, you write something to write. You know, maybe you just wake up in the morning and you're just like, 
this is what has kind of struck me this this thought this scene basically yeah yeah it's such an interesting little vignette i think Obviously, the traveler is Hoyd. I think that that is really easy to establish <laughs> and why it's a, a piece that Brandon thought was, you know, kind of a reveal because yeah. this is a character that we see quite a bit. So Hoyd is the most likely, but we have a couple of hints as well as some knowledge that we've previously discussed on some of our earlier episodes about who the older man is, who the friend, the old friend of Hoyd and uh, who who do we think that is, Brooke? Uh, we think it's Frost. Frost. Now, last time we mentioned Frost, it was in regards to the letters. Yeah, which, I mean, that's like really what gives it away is because he refers to him in the same way as an old lizard. Yeah, and old friend. So you have the same language sure. used, yeah. uh, but the sly lizard line was uh, definitely significant and hinting at the nature of the older gentleman uh, with his clean-shaven face and silver hair. What I found most interesting about the physical description... Was his eyes? Yes. Oh my gosh, I know. What does that mean? So the quote specifically uh, was the traveler eyed him, leaning in closely, studying the man's eyes. The pupils were rimmed with the silver, far too metallic to be natural, at least for a human. So he's got like a rim of silver metallic around his eyes. So is that just like the indication that he is a dragon? Well, I think, I think that a silver, far too metallic to be natural is dragon steel. Remember Dragon Steel, oh, the name. Yeah. Yeah. Of, but then, like, why is it in his eyes? I think what it might be is some type of. Because I'm not 100% certain what's going on here uh, in terms of. The, yeah. Is it real? Is it some type yeah, of. Yeah. Is it in like the a weird, realm? like, yeah, dream space? Yeah, exactly. So are they physically in the exact same place? And is that place somewhere real in the cosmere it's been speculated that it's yolin yes because of the only description we have of the scene early on uh where the traveler returns and the uh, tiny pure white leaves clustered along branches like skeletal limbs everything is white the key that uh we have is that marais has a skeletal white limb that in a word of brandon he has said is a artifact from yolin oh, so okay, white okay. tree limbs seem to hint at yolin i'm still wondering if it is actually yolin that they're on oh, or like cognitive yolin basically I th that's interesting i think okay so here's my idea okay we have frost who's written the letters and been pen pals with hoid we have this scene now. I think it has been said in a word of Brandon that Frost is the oldest character in the Cosmere, even older than Hoyd. And the only other knowledge that we have about him is he is not a world hopper. Frost, not a world hopper. So with that knowledge, I'm thinking that Frost does not leave 
Yolin, mm-hmm. and maybe Hoyd can come back. That I mean, he's obviously yeah, I mean, a world hopper. He is a world hopper. But I could totally see it like Frost is on Yolin, and maybe like is uh, in some type of cognitive realm, Shadesmar, mental projection type of thing, where Hoyd then visits that. But I don't think that's I don't, interesting. Yeah, I don't think um, Frost leaves Yolin, as far as I know. Yeah. This is also interesting because I think this is the youngest we've seen Hoyd. Well, no, I don't really? think so. Timeline-wise, it is easy to think that this is happening long before many of the events of the book, but I actually think it's right in the middle because of the line about both Ati and Lyris being dead. That has to be after the events of Mistborn Era 1. Isn't Mistborn the first, though? Chronological yeah. order? Mistborn is definitely one of the earliest. Yeah, I, I thought it was like I can't year remember. zero is Mistborn. Yeah, I can't remember if um, like Elantris or Warbreaker are supposed to happen before. But Mistborn, yes, is near zero. But I think these events in The Traveler are right after Mistborn Era 1. Even The Traveler's clothing, rags, that's how... Hoyd ends his time on... Well, Hoyd's in rags a lot. <laughs> yes, but specifically, <laughs> I want to look up his the physical description he has when he's leading the, uh, the group of people to protection as the world is ending, because that's the last time we see him in Mistborn Era 1. Mm. I think in that, he's kind of... He, okay, so he has soot on his head in this Traveler story, yeah. or Ash. Yeah. Okay. I think that comes from the end of the world, which is the end of Scadrial. Yeah, I mean, I think it's obvious that he's coming from Mistborn. Yeah, Scadrial. Time. But, like, you know, he's talking about this is kind of his beginning of learning how to disguise himself. He hasn't mm. been seen in these, he like, beggar like clothes yeah. before. Which so I that's what weird. makes me think that this is, like, the earliest version of Hoyd that we see because he does appear as a beggar in Elantris but obviously not like he's good at it you know (laughs) well yeah and this would just lead me to believe that this is earlier that's a good point because of the kind of conversation about learning disguises where we often think of Hoyd as like a master of disguise so it would kind of make sense that this was early on in his career yeah exactly it's like baby Hoyd like learning how to be the Hoyd that we know today (laughs) that's that's interesting especially because even if it's at the beginning, or excuse me, even if it's at the end of Mistborn Era 1, by that point, Hoyt is still really, really old. Uh, oh, like, I mean, thousands yeah, and thousands and sure. thousands of years old. But then also, like, in a life that's that long, as a person, you would go through so many different iterations of yourself. I can definitely see that maybe even use different names for the different iterations of yourself. Obviously. Now, we have another kind of uh, hint about the relationship and kind of the backstory of Hoyd when he's talking about what he has lost. Yeah, like, what is this vendetta? Hoyd obviously has something, and I'm guessing a person, uh, that he has lost and is trying to... um, create a way or find a way uh, for that person to live again. That's kind of what it feels like to me. 
Yeah, sort of. Like, I wonder, maybe this is why he goes to Nalthus to, like, make this person a return? It would definitely explain why he is looking and interested in types of investiture uh, where there is kind of restoration aspects, you know, healing um, Mm. or the kind of returned Mm -hmm. state. I can also see it, and Brandon mentioned secret history specifically, I can also see it in the way that he moves through the cognitive realm and maybe gains some knowledge uh, from visiting Scadriel that he didn't necessarily always have. The knowledge specifically being like Kelsier's shadow is hanging out Mm. for a long time after his death. Mm -hmm. So maybe Hoyt's trying to kind of take advantage of that if he thinks the person that he lost has a cognitive shadow that is staying around. Yeah. So I could kind of see it um, that his visit to Scadrial gave him some new information that he maybe hasn't fully processed. So, yeah, I wonder if this really is like the birth of Hoyd, because doesn't he say that he took that name from someone that he loved once? Yes, that was uh, from the letters specifically. Oh, no, no, not from the letters specifically, but in his conversation, he said, I took everything or I stole everything, even this name from someone I should have loved. Uh, and I think that this is talking about the same person or yeah. same individual. So interesting. And then what? A, I guess this vendetta would be against whatever or whoever killed that person. And in the letters, he has said that he has a vendetta against Raisa yeah. and Bavadin. So I could see them as being partially responsible for the loss uh, of whoever Hoyd is attached to. And then his vendetta is against those two individuals specifically. But at the very end of this, we have the challenge almost from Hoyd to Frost, where he says, I would not think it my vendetta that should worry you, old friend. That makes me think that Hoyd might have a vendetta against Race and Bavadin, but those two might have a vendetta against Frost, you know? Oh, that's interesting. I didn't read it like that at all. How did you read that in line, other than someone was, like, coming after Frost? I think I just thought he was saying, like, on the grand scale, Hoyd is still a person. He's not a shard. What they should be worried about is these cosmic bodies of power, shards, that have shown themselves to be uh, potentially violent against each other. Like, For sure. The idea of Hoyd having some kind of vendetta, you know, is so small in comparison to, like, a shard war across the Cosmere. Absolutely. And that could definitely be the correct reading because we know the shard war is building and it's like it's definitely something we're seeing the beginnings of in all these different books and it's getting more worse and worse and worse so i think that is a great explanation i just also think it might be a little bit more personal yeah totally i think that the episodes we've already done talking about hoyd i think like episode four and 14 are really good to 
If you need a reminder of the different letters and different aspects of Hoyt, I would say go focus in on those two episodes. Now I feel like we have three kind of Hoyt-specific episodes with this one and the story of the Traveler. Until next time, life before death, strength before weakness, journey before destination. <laughs> <laughs>